This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? It's Thursday. It's episode 77. Crikey, can you believe it? So, let me explain something to you. Ever since we started, I've always booked the guests. Whether I've known them, which I did, starting off, obviously, because it's easier, isn't it? You know, you, you want to get your friends on, you want to ease into it. I want to learn, I want to be looked after. But nine times out of ten nowadays, I, I don't know the guests. But fortunately for us, we've got a lot of episodes behind us and word has spread and they know what we do, so they want to come on and they know what they're getting themselves into. Now, over the past few months, it's been a bit odd, I've had emails from PR companies asking for guests to come on and discuss things. Now, I'm a little bit reluctant about that, and let me tell you why. Now, there are certain podcasts who get on press junkets and press trails and get in the room and go to a hotel and they're in line with the journalists and they maybe have like half an hour or something with the people. I don't really want to do that. That's not really what I'm about. And why don't I want to do that? Right, well, okay. So if I'm talking to an actor, they're tired, right? They're really, really knackered. They've been doing a couple of days of this. They've been getting asked the same questions by certain journalists about their film, about their teleproject. And you know what we do here. We don't really do that. I don't want to be part of that. And the podcasts out there that do do that, and that's great. They're, they're, and those people should go and do those. Because if they're selling their film, that's probably what, what they should do. Because it's good promotion for what they've... The years of work that they've put into. So... When I got an email from a PR company, did I say pre then? I meant, I meant P, PR, I'm tired. PR company, right? And the heading was Checky Carryout. I had to really think about it, I must admit. But there's something so intriguing about Checky and his career and him as, as an artist, and he is. He's a true artist. You're going to find that out very soon. I kind of leapt at the chance, but I did reiterate in the email, the very lovely email from Checky's people, saying, look, have you heard the podcast? I always want to make sure that people have heard it. I said, we don't really get into it about jobs that much and whatever you're promoting. We aren't going to be doing the big sell, so I don't want to do a disservice to you. I just want to be honest about what we do and about what we stand for and what we started. They said, um, they said, we've heard the podcast. We're big fans. We like what we do. We think Checky would be a, a good fit, a good match. It turns out he really was. I mean, this, look, personally for me, right, I was so inspired half an hour after it. I was just kept talking about Checky and the moments that he, he's so detailed in his his past discussions and uh, talks about his his life and his very very early career. Um, it's nothing short of beautiful, and he's an absolute gentleman and a, and a, a brilliant guy. It was such, such an honour and a pleasure 
to to be sat down with him. So what we did, we we met Checky in a, a nice swanky hotel in London, and we found a nice quiet corner. We're actually in a business centre of a hotel. Who goes to a business centre anymore? Everybody's got laptops, so it was dead quiet. It was lovely. We had some tea. Checky had some carrot juice, and um, and we got down to it. It's nothing short of remarkable. I loved, I loved, loved this episode. And I really, really hope you do too. Um, yeah, I've got, you can't see me now. I've got a huge smile on my face because I'm thinking about spending that time with him. It's just brilliant. I really hope this comes across in the episode. I think it does. Now, if you don't know Checky Cario, you will. Look, he's been around for, oh God, his career is incredible. You'll know him from GoldenEye, Bad Boys, The Patriot, La Femme Nikita, uh, The Missing, which was a brilliant drama series on BBC One. He played a character called Julian Baptiste, and now he's got his own show reprising that character called Baptiste, and it's on BBC One on Sundays. Of course, this being the Two Shot Podcast, we don't really talk about that. We do it a little bit at the end. But his passion for all his work, and still to this day, he loves what he does. And he has great, great passion for it because it comes from his core. You're going to hear everything. Right, well, that's it. Let's do this. This is episode 77 of the Two Shot Podcast with the remarkable Mr. Checky Cario. Enjoy, and I shall see you at the end. Has it been a busy day, Checky? Uh, oh, yes. Yesterday was crazy. I, I feel like I'm running for president, you know? <laughs> <laughs> do you get on all right with doing coming over and chatting to people? And, or do you, I mean, I know it's part of the job. It is, definitely. Um, you know, uh, I remember a long time ago, uh, the first um, uh, program I did with a great man who was uh, an incredible uh, lover uh, of uh, movies, Pierre Chernia. He, he also directed great uh, uh, films. And um, he was doing every Tuesday uh, 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 a program about cinema. And I remember being with a great actor called Jean Carmet, who, who died. And suddenly, the, uh, Pierre, who didn't know me, uh, I was new, you know, arriving, yeah. and they were happy to, to receive a young lad, you know, uh, uh, in this business. And he starts to ask me some questions just to inquire, you know, and I, this I didn't know. And I start talking, and I'm telling a lot of things. And suddenly, I get the knock of uh, Jean Carmen saying, don't talk too much now, don't talk too much. And I'm looking at him, I'm wondering why, and I continue. And then... I didn't realize the show didn't start. Suddenly the, the show starts. They ask question and he comes to me and he's asking the same question to me. Right. And I'm like, a, I'm a, like an oyster. Suddenly <laughs> I, I had nothing to say. I was completely dry, you know. So now I understood, don't talk too much before Just you start the show. Oh, save it, yeah. Interview, you know, that's funny. But yes... I enjoy it in a way, depending who I'm talking to. Well, it's true. I mean, I know it's part and parcel of the job, and the job doesn't really end until you have to get asked the same question by yeah. ten different journalists. Yeah. When you have uh, people who really talk to, to you, it's, it's fine. I remember that line from uh, Stanley Kubrick saying, if the actor is not able to put up a show when he goes to promote, it's not necessary to go. That's <laughs> true. Could do worse. Yeah, could do worse, exactly. So what age were you when you left Istanbul? A baby. A baby. So you have no memories of, of Istanbul, really? No. No. For years until I went back there, uh, it was like uh, feeling like, uh, you know, I was the son of a great sultan, of a great pasha. I was fantasizing completely uh, the, the, the place over there. What was it like going back? Uh, alien to you, maybe? <clears throat> no, it was a. It was fantastic to discover a completely different culture, to discover a complete different way to live in the streets. Mm. Um, 
the energy of the people, uh, that presence of the the muezzin singing live uh, on the minaret, looking at a eagle crossing the sky. It was incredible. People yelling, selling all sort of things, yeah. things in the street, all sort of uh, um, uh, job people invented to make money in the streets. There's so much energy there. Incredible, there? incredible. The colors at the time were amazing also because it was only American uh, uh, cars from the 40s, the 50s, yeah. full of colors. It was really strong, really strong. And then suddenly when I came back later, all the cars are black, gray and white. So it's changing. Changed, yeah. It's changing the feeling uh, of the place. Yeah, and what what was what was it that prompted the move to Paris? Um, my father came to to Paris, um, escaping some problems, um, and he met my mother through some people uh, uh, from the same community uh, in in Paris, and uh, met her, married her. She was pregnant. He yeah. left to go back to Istanbul. Then she joined him traveling through uh, three days and two nights at the time to arrive to Istanbul. Three oh days God. and two nights. And the train full of uh, Italians, uh, Greek, uh, Bulgarian, uh, uh, Hungarian, Albany. Uh, uh, you know, it was an amazing uh, trip. Yeah. And eventually she joined him in Istanbul, met the family. And I was born there, you know. Out of a big <laughs> buckle. And what was your mother doing for a living? Was she working? She was working at the time in a jewellery. Mm. And then she stopped working when she married, because at this time uh, the women never worked. Yeah. She creates the household. Yeah. yeah. And the man goes out hunting. And what was your dad hunting for in Paris? He was a delivery man. Did he have a plan when he moved there? Did he know what he wanted to do? I don't think so. You know, he was in raw energy, very strong, having a lot of fun. Mm. He was had a lot of humor. He loved a lot uh, people. Mm. He was in the street. He would talk to anybody. You oh, know. really? He, he was like a very free, uh, free spirit in, inside. Even though he had this. Uh, weight of this culture who made him angry the first time he saw a doctor uh, uh, looking at my mother to, right. to auscult. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So it's fun, you know, I'm, I'm from a melting pot, you know, grew up in a melting pot and uh, and uh, it's, it's interesting actually when you, that's why today uh, I, I, I I love to spread uh, this message about the difference and uh, about the the um, fact that uh, um, mixing, if the people who come respect where they arrive, you know, and they don't um, um, forget where they are from, yeah. it's very interesting. It's breed, it, the, this breed is uh, very rich, makes you feeling better and higher. Yeah, and it's positive. Yeah, it is. But the people who come must not forget that they arrive to a place that's as a history. Yeah. That's important. Mm, absolutely. That's why, um, yeah, that's how I was brought, you know. And did you have brothers and sisters, Jackie? Yeah. One brother, one sister. Did you have a good relationship with your brother and sister? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, my sister died uh, in 2017, July. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. she was 62. She was uh, a pancreas. Right. It's a really bad one. So, but... You know, she she left with a great uh, attitude. Well, was your relationship good with your mom and your dad? Yes. Yeah, very strong family. Yeah, it was. And how was school life? Um, took time for me to uh, to understand that it, <laughs> I, I should learn. You know, because I, I didn't get why. Uh, when I was looking at a teacher, I was thinking, why. You know what is what is you know I was just uh, scanning the the guys they got really angry at me because I kept looking at them uh, all over the place you know <laughs> and uh, I didn't know why until 
like a lot of people, I'm sure I, I was, I had the chance, the luck to to have some teachers that suddenly were um, not just there for authority, or they didn't think uh, more than what they were, you know. And suddenly we we had the space to understand them, you know, and uh, they were real authentic. So then suddenly we. The, the guys like were like me didn't give a shit about that you know suddenly we were interested and yeah. we, we want to learn we want to be better you know and, and they inspired that yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it only takes one or two teachers yeah, to yeah. do that and it all yeah, changes yeah. everything doesn't yeah, it yeah and were you at the same school with your brother and sister no 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 they are my sister it's the time we were mixed no mixing oh so all you know I, I look I look young I know but I have a long <laughs> road behind me <laughs> the, 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 she was on the other side of the wall right. <laughs> like Nikita ah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when you were at school were you encouraged because I've got this sort of probably romantic notion of a school in France that you go off and you sing and you play music and you oh no at this talk time about the arts oh this was I mean this came out in '68 in the '68 you right. know then suddenly everyone sort of wants to break the walls but when when I grew up we had teachers they had a long stick and they could knock the hand. <laughs> Of the people who is at the last row uh, sleeping by the 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 heater, you know. <laughs> so and they were wearing a grey blouse, you know. And the school was full of uh, sayings, right? Know? Yeah, quotes, uh, pro- quotes. Yeah, like uh, and we kept reading those quotes all the time until somebody got really mad and started to to uh, take this off the wall. No. Every Saturday, they were asking us to stay and to clean the, the table, put wax, clean the, um, the goblet where we had the ink. The ink pots. Yeah, oh because God. we were writing with a, with a feather. Yeah, like a quill. <laughs> In the 50s. You know, the 50s, it was really like almost the 40s, the 30s. You could, I mean, the, I don't know how it was in England, but in France, I have the feeling today when I see how the world is going so quick, you know, in, uh, in 50 years, it's like um, we, we, we went through uh, three centuries, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but it was amazing. I mean, it was like, I loved it, actually, to tell you the truth. When, uh, when the 60s arrived and uh, it was this big change, so we felt, strong and happy something yeah. new like it's like the sky is opening but at the same time i was sort of uh, there was some um, um miss something um, uh, that like a void like i was afraid we we, we lose that you know and the, you know but you cannot escape that it's it's the it's the path of uh of the, the nature of a uh, human uh, human um Spirit, I, yeah. How do you say? Spirit, spirit, yeah, spirit, and the uh, and the uh, energy, uh, you know, something. Mm. So it's quite a safe space for you being in school. You yeah, have yeah, quite actually, very yes, nice memories yes, of yes, it. yes, very nice, very nice. Because bang goes my romantic notion that you're all out singing and playing instruments. It sounds quite quite a strict later, school. Later, later, oh, later on, later on, yeah, in the in the sixties, absolutely. We would go, we would, you know, sing on the, we would go to the Sacre Coeur, every, every place where uh, we, we could, you know, spend time with, uh, that's what I went through, actually. Others did different, but I was going for uh, meeting the tourists, you know, meeting yeah. the people and, and sing with them, play guitar there with the guys who played, you know. Was music a big part of your life at home, in the uh, family home? Um, no, not really. I mean, we would listen to the the var- variety, variety, mm. uh, variety, the pop music, pop music. Yeah, I grew up with uh, I don't know if you know those people, but Dalida, you know, uh, yeah, uh, those singers, these Italian singers, you know. But for me, uh, it was uh, Elvis Presley was a great figure for me. Uh, really, and the uh, uh, R and B music was really the actually. And also the folk music from America, the, the um, like Crosby, Still, Nash and Young at the time, you know, yeah. those people, uh, Peter, Paul and Mary, those guys, you know, and the R&B music, I loved it. Slowly I started to discover 
also the rock and roll, you know. And at school, when you were... So what age do you leave school when you're in France? You know, I have a very strange way with my school. Because I, I told you, uh, it took me time to understand that. Uh, yeah. So I started by going to a direction where I should have been choosing to be uh, a plumber or a, a carpenter sure. or work on the I, I metal, you know. Yeah, have some sort of skill set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was the possibility to become accountant. And my father sort of said, yeah, you're going to do that because then you don't... Uh, dirty your hands because ah, he was okay. working a lot he was building houses also right and he didn't want you to be doing that he, he wanted me to yeah to maybe try to go in the bank I don't know right. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that and there in that school that was a short um, uh, how do you say short um, uh, path as a school you just become like helping the accountant but then right. he, inside there was teachers they saw that some of us could really uh, jump on the longer um, system of school, you know? Okay. So they, they uh, really pushed us to learn to, to get a certain diploma that would open the door to the bigger schools, you know? Ah, okay, yeah. So we succeeded. Right. And uh, we got that diploma, and they did some dossier to us and we went knocking at the door saying we have that look at that and we were asking to get into the longer into system that, and yeah. then we succeeded with some friends to arrive there and then I could go to uh, pass this uh, uh, diploma just before university and then I went to a school to learn uh, um, managing and uh, you know but uh, acting was uh, in your core there, I Where start. did that come from then? When did that start? It starts because of uh, um, all the things that uh, inside, you know, that is like uh, very chaotic. Mm. It's like a, a garbage... Uh, <laughs> disposal. <you> know, <laughs> disposal where uh, sometimes some roses, you, you know, we say that the rose, the rose can, can raise... The rose can rose. The rose can rose. The rose can rose on the on the chaos, you know, on the garbage, on the yeah. on the where worms are, you know, where uh, all this. Uh, merde, I don't find the word in English, but you know what I mean. Um, so that's sort of that treasure was the the material I needed to take out, you know, and uh, when I'm. My family was a real um, expressionist, uh, you know, yelling. When they were not yelling, we thought they were sick, you know. <laughs> so we were, with my sister, pushing for them to listen to them yelling, you know. Because <laughs> they, when they were not yelling, we felt so sad. It was so like, what's this happening? It's normal. There should yeah, be yeah, some shouting going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mother... Uh, yeah, so, some images. That sounds so, very um, passionate, though. Yeah, as yeah, well. very much, very much, and uh, yeah, and tiring. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> That's why I loved when I saw the first time the some Bergman movie. It made gave me some holidays, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Silence of the. So did you tell? Did you tell your dad that you wanted to act? Instead of he, he being knew, pushed into but this. he really uh, convinced me to to go for a, a job. I mean, to learn, to go as far as I could mm. to uh, study. And he was a hard worker, you know. He kept saying, you know, I sweat to to make the money and give you the food and the roof. But um, I could, it was couldn't help it you know i was burnt like we say the, the, the fire of the of the floor uh, we say in french uh, about uh, being uh, in this uh, in this field uh, of uh, expression of art he told me look it's like a bird in your hand and i really loved that it's yeah. true yeah and you want that bird to stay there or if he goes <laughs> he will be back you know <laughs> 
And uh, he kept saying, don't work for glory. You know, don't work for, for, for glory. And this also, I really appreciated it, you know? Yeah. That, um, and you still stick with that today? I try to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great... Uh, he was super, you know, he kept saying, you know, you, you must be able to be happy uh, sitting on a bench with a, a friend just uh, having a piece of bread and cheese, you know? So, That's like my ideal Saturday. I just love to, to do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's great to, to keep this in mind, you know? <clears throat> because of the simpler things in life. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even, uh, yeah, the, it's an attitude. It's, um, it's, all, it's almost uh, ethic. It's a moral, in a way, yeah. you know? That uh, I think we, we, especially today, that's why there's so much uh, boiling the people because they realize there is some uh, you know like there is no uh, in the economy the um, the thinking of the before we were not so much people was easier to understand but today it's so huge and that uh, you you see that little uh, 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 um, strength uh, of the rich 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 people the multinationals you know mm. and they, that they have the power and they they manipulate the masses and the more uh, it goes also with the um, science uh, becoming um, so uh, going so far into uh, the the uh, how to use the 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 inter, uh, intelligence artificial inte- intelligence mm. you know and the robotic and all that and the, it's going to be a, they don't spread what they earn you know and uh, and everyone slowly gets uh, u- useless and people start to feel it you yeah. know and they get angry so and that's why there is this confusion also uh, so if everyone would think, you know, those ones over there, you know, would think really, but it's not. I think I'm f- I'm fatalist, you know. I think yeah. it's a, it's not kind of won't change, you know. I mean, <laughs> not possible. No, the history shows it, you know. Yeah, but Gone I'm all, too far to sort yeah, of pull yeah. it back now to simplicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not possible. But uh, that's why I'm always uh, fascinated and. Uh, by the the people who really don't put the arms down, you know, they continue uh, uh, fighting. Yeah, you know. I think I do it in my way with the art, which is not really. <laughs> no, but still. You know, it's uh, trying to be uh, good, make the choice of being good. And you, what else can you do? You have to do things yeah, yeah, your yeah. way and believe yeah. in what you do. You yeah. can look yourself in the mirror every day. Yeah, yeah. What else? Is there another way? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Your dad sounds like he was a real inspiration to you. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I like to say, when I was a child, you know, when you you arrive at school, mm. the yard, it's the first lesson you get about how you, you're going to live uh, with the people in in the society, you know? Yeah. But it's so... It's wild. I mean, the wild is uh, is not lying. You know, <laughs> there is no hypocrisy because the child children are not hypocrites. No, you know? they just go. So then you get the lesson. So so when you start to get one fist here and another one, and then you are on the floor and you have the whole yard <laughs> <laughs> on top of you yelling blood, 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 and you are on the floor and you get the knock and. It's not really hurting because I didn't get what the fuck is happening. And I'm like, I feel like I'm getting out of my body. And I'm seeing that crowd yelling blood, blood over this guy on the floor who's taking, getting. And he's just not, I don't react, you know. And there is this stupid guy just uh, playing the, the <laughs> you know. <coughs> then that was the lesson. You know, that was the lesson. So when I started to wear my father's body, yeah. you know, then things were different. <laughs> Could Very, you tell when that was starting to happen, when you were starting yeah, to feel when I be, when I started to be an adolescent, when I was 13, right. 14, suddenly things were different. The way I behaved, the way, you know, I was not like this... Uh, this wide-eyed armless, child. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
Yeah. Do you think you took you took your bit of your persona of your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Took time for me to go back to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all do. <laughs> so when you were at that school then, and you were thinking that this this thing in me, this acting, we have to, it has to come out. What was the next step for you? <clears throat> it went slowly, you know. I mean, uh, when I was in that, uh, passing this uh, diploma, the, the, I remember walking in the in the corridor of the lycée, uh, and I see like a, this little paper saying, "Come with us, and we are going to act." And uh, we have, if you have <coughs> something to say, if you feel you need to express yourself, just come with us. We, we are a team, and. And I met those guys. What was this like a theatre troupe? Um, they were like a theatre troupe in the school. Oh, within the school. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah. right. And uh, I went, I met them, and it was fantastic. Was it? Yeah, because the guys, they were so nice. And they were from a different uh, um, uh, class than me, uh, society. Right. Most of them were from families, you know. Uh, we were, at the time, workers... It was a very slow percentage in those schools, you know, and a low percentage. Okay. Yeah. So I could learn a lot of things from them also, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very nice, very nice. Uh, yeah, it was Do a you time. You feel very settled to find very like-minded people. They were already uh, experienced. They were, they've been reading a lot of books that I didn't read uh, at the time that was uh, uh, sort of uh, giving keys to understand uh, how to um, to act, yeah. I mean, how to uh, to understand what it means to be an actor, you know, and, and uh, how you you can uh, express, you know, and uh, and so many different ways to do it, you mm. know. And it's a time when I realized that there was this uh, say from Camus uh, t- talking about that circle, this magical circle, where you are inside, anything is possible, and the people around are there. Because you are in the middle, you know. So this was a key, you know. It was yeah. like, a, okay, I can uh, express something there. And they were cheering, you know. It was fantastic. So then you start to understand that that treasure inside, that, uh, I don't find the word, that turmoil, that uh, boiling uh, thing is a... You can use it, you well, know. It's the drive. Yeah, yeah, and the the drive, the the history, the pain, mm. the wounds, the laughs, the dreams, anything that that's there, you know, uh, can be used. Has that always been as strong for you, or throughout your career? As it as it sometimes as the, as the fire. Sometimes, so sometimes I was died. afraid to lose it, but I don't lose it. I was afraid sometimes, like for instance, when I started to get known. Mm. You know, and that suddenly I started to think about money, and I say fuck. I had the taxes on my back. I had to think uh, to pay my taxes. I forgot to pay. I don't realize I have to, even though I've been doing management. You know, uh, then suddenly I was shooting, and I kept thinking, and and I realized I cannot act. I'm thinking too much uh, about that. You know. Yeah. And then I throw in the garbage all the things, and I said I'm going to forget all that shit while I'm doing that you know I realize you you need that's why you need to be away from uh, some daily uh, reality when you're acting sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. You know? I'm just purely focused on, yeah, yeah. on the job in hand of what yeah, you're yeah. doing yeah when well, yeah, exactly when you are not uh, acting uh, yeah Conf- uh, it depends of the form actually also. yeah yeah because when you were at school, then you found this this troupe in the school, and they were giving you these keys, and you were learning. Are you still learning now? All the time. All the time. That yeah. doesn't stop, does it? It doesn't. Especially also because um, I think every generation comes with its own uh, 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 exigence. Exigence. Uh, I will look for the word. Uh, Exigence, demand, requirement, you know, strictness, exactingness, you know, exigence, requirement, ah. uh, demand, I don't know, demand, requirement, yeah. Um, 
So what was the next stage? How old were you when you sort of joined this troupe? When you were uh, 19. 19? Yeah. And what, was it just purely in school? Yeah. We had uh, something fantastic. We had uh, one of them, one of us, was uh, very uh, uh, passionate with uh, psychoanalysis. Oh, really? So we made a statement that every Monday, everyone would gather in a room and everyone would talk about, give to everyone a story that he went through about him, his family, share a moment like that. Wow. And we, we called it the Black Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and this was uh, really good. It was so good to listen to people, you know, to listen yeah. to everyone's story was really... And also it's really healthy to talk and yeah, yeah. get these things out. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much. So what was the next stage for you? What was the next step? Did you have a plan about what you wanted to do? <clears throat> no, not at all. I mean, I was just studying, as I told you, I went to this uh, National Conservatory uh, um, of, of Art uh, and, uh, and Work, Conservatoire National des Arts et Métiers, where I was learning um, uh, to be an expert in the yeah. canton and uh, management. And then I kept meeting, and I was also working, because this school was also uh, was not uh, daily. Right. And uh, where were you working? I was working in companies doing gestion of uh, buildings and things like that right. while I was continuing at the school. And I kept meeting those friends from the lycée and say, "Hey, come with us. We are in a, in that place. It was called the House of Young." And, and culture, you know, Maison right. des Jeunes et de la Culture. House of Young and Culture, you know, something. That, I don't know in English if it rings a bell what I'm saying about... It sounds so know, much nicer yeah. in French. Maison des Jeunes et de la Culture. And the, that place, they had a, a director. There was a company. And my friends were there. There was a little uh, place. They had a stage and uh, seats to look at. And... There was somebody uh, teaching, and they said, we are the only one there. And there is this guy is teaching us, and he's going to give us money to do a show, you know. No. So come with us and be in that place, you know. And one time, two times, and I kept thinking, and uh, every time I was <laughs> working, I was reading uh, plays, you yeah. know, and uh, just dreaming to something. And I decided I'm going to go there. And I went, and slowly... I, I left the, the study, I left the work, and I uh, succeeded to get from this director to take me to play a part in his company because uh, one of the actors sort of uh, gave left. up. Right. Oh, he gave up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I said, I can do it. And he gave me the opportunity. And that's how slowly I, I became a, a professional. And I did a lot of show as a professional. But then after, I, I felt I need more, not just, you know, be... Um, I, I, I wanted to go to a school. So I for went more to, training? For more training, yeah. And I went to a national school called École Supérieure d'Art Dramatique, which was together with the National Theatre. A great company was there. And it was a, a time where... Um, the theater was really changing. It, it was a big wave of uh, young uh, creator, um, creative people uh, with a lot of dramaturge, dramaturge. Right. Know? So, which means that I, I arrived and then, you know, you, suddenly you, you realize that to be cultivated is important, to read it's important, to get different perspectives is important. And uh, w the, the, those guys told us, look, the school doesn't exist. We, we are not uh, pedagogues, you know, you, you just have to steal from us, you just have to, uh, to um, follow what we are doing, you know, and um, that's all we... And then we had a great guy, uh, Claude Petit-Pierre, who he was uh, teaching. Right. Because he was uh, under Stanislavski uh, um, Bred by Stanislavski, mm. so it really taught us so many things. Yeah, and know. how long was that program there? Uh, three years. Three years. Yeah, three years, and then uh, I ended up being in a show of one of the director, André Engel. What in your final year? In in the no the, the another when I left. Oh, when you left, they took me uh, in one of the show. Oh, really? André Engel was doing. 
he was a philosopher who became a theater director and uh, he did a show on uh, Kafka right and uh, they decided not to be in a theater it, this was in the 70s huh? really long time so where ago. were they 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 went to a place <clears throat> um was called Kafka Théâtre Complet he never really never really wrote for theater uh, Kafka he just wrote uh, this uh, diary long diary talking a lot about the the theater uh, in uh, in uh, where he was and um How can I say? They, 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 because it's so long to tell the story about that show. But I will try to, to, we've got, to we've make got, it. We've uh, got time. Don't worry. It's he. he they tried with uh, Bernard Chartreux, who was a dramaturg also, to give the feeling of uh, the um, l'œuvre of the um, l'œuvre de Kafka. Right. Of the. Come on, how do you say when you talk about the everything uh, an artist did, the all all his work, you know, son œuvre, son all is, is uh, yeah, I mean the life's work. Exactly, to exactly to the life's work, exactly to make understand what it is. So we we were in a place that was like a, an old. Uh, uh, City Hall, right? But you know, old building with a, not like today. And then uh, people would come uh, to uh, the show, and they they would give their ticket, and they they would get from somebody behind a little window listening to to Tom Waits' uh, Red Shoe, you know. Yeah. At the time. You know? Wow. And they would get a key. They would be surprised. And then there was a curtain that opens. And suddenly, so it was like a, an antichambre, an antichambre, like a, a you know, a, a room before you enter the main room, how do yeah. you say? The like corridor? The, the foyer. Yeah, uh, yeah. The corridor before. Before, yeah. Yeah. And the, this uh, big curtain would open, and suddenly it would be a long red carpet uh, crossing a, a big yard with windows and the sky. And people behind, we were 11 grooms, Dressed with the camembert, <coughs> you know, with those costumes like yeah. military, very tight, and uh, with our name tattooed on the, above the eyebrow. Right. And uh, everyone would ask for uh, their ten people. Yeah. Like room one to hundred one, you know, and everyone, so, and uh, we would bring them through that uh, red carpet. They would get the pomp and consecration, something really uh, makes you feel good, you know, uh, wow. brings up your spirit, ah, da, 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 <laughs> you know, and, and they cross and, uh, okay, they see those empty windows and they arrive to a lounge and there is a piano player chained to the piano. Right. And there is this man, an actor, fantastic actor, uh, uh, who received them and uh, he would... He would say about himself, he, he has only the skeleton and his skin, but he has the most beautiful skeleton of the world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then he would be really deep into being polite. Everything was a little too much, you know. Yeah. And people would go to tables, then he would go to them and ask them what do they want to listen. Anything they would ask, the guy would play. And then he would talk about his 11 son. And this was uh, one of um, Kafka novels, you know. Right. And then uh, while they are listening, they are inside uh, that place. Suddenly it's raining outside and it's snowing. And then there is this uh, um, uh, singer who arrives late and uh, he's angry. Uh, Daniel Emile Fork was the name of the guy. He was a fantastic actor. And um, so he's angry at her and she arrives and she's drunk. And in fact, it's Milena, uh, Kafka's fiancée, who comes to read a letter. Uh, Kafka read her. So she starts singing and she breaks the song and she, she starts talking to the audience, you know, wow. while the piano player is surprised. And he gets angry. Daniel goes away and then brings the 11 sons, us, to take her away and we sing why we pour slumber America you know <laughs> like everything hide, hiding always the worst behind you know always yeah. hiding you know uh, <laughs> God. 
And while while uh, they uh, so they listen to that, mm. and it goes through many uh, events like that, and then we take them eventually and we bring them to their rooms. So they arrive to the room. Everyone has his room. All the windows. The people were crossing while going through that red carpet with the pomp and consecration. Now they are in the windows, and they are surprised. What the fuck is happening? And then they get a call. And it's it's uh, Milena who's talking to them. Help me! I'm they are uh, I'm like in prison, you know. I need help me, help me to go out. And they don't understand what's happening. So and then while this is going on on the rooms, we go and pick up a uh, uh, hundred uh, more people. Every time it's a hundred people that we take. Oh really? And we go. We take the second um, uh, Fournay, uh, the second um, um, bunch of a hundred people. Yeah. Getting their keys, Tom waits behind the window. The old person with a limp, uh, with a hunch uh, on the back, you know, I mean, and and drunk. <laughs> so it's the the worst uh, thing. So and they cross with the pump and consecration, the red carpet. But then suddenly there is people on the windows, so they look at each other, you know. Wow. And uh, so and they are going to go through the same uh, um, uh, adventure as the people uh, uh, who are now in the rooms. Yeah. So while they are going through the things, we the the grooms, we we go to uh, ten different people. We brought ten people, and we go to see ten other people, not the same we brought. Right. And we arrive and we knock and very naturally we ask for uh, what do you want for breakfast and they are sort sort of really surprised, you know. <laughs> And uh, eventually they say, what, breakfast? Yeah, what do you want, a croissant? You want chocolate? What do you want? Uh, so I'll have a croissant, a chocolate, okay. And while they are talking to us, we go uh, with a photo and show them a, a, tor a machine who does torture, you know, who torture. <laughs> and, and, and this is uh, one of the other novels novel of uh, Kafka, you know, and we explain them that uh, what is this torture? There is this needle who 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 writes... On the skin, but there is blood. There is another needle who's, who sends water to clean while we are writing and tattooing on the skin. And, and we say that we are victim of this and we need help, you know. And yeah. they, they don't, so, and they are, they, they, it was incredible to oh have to go through this experience as an actor because God. you have to be real. Yeah. You, you have to be true. And the people are wondering what the fuck is happening because suddenly, you know, it was really weird relationship we, we, we could have built and start to build or some, seeds that were uh, spread in, in in those five or ten minutes moments you know yeah. we go and now they are going through another experience suddenly they they look at the window while another uh, those hundred are are um, getting uh, through the same experience they see the one in their rooms and by the window the garbage um, uh, truck entering the yard and suddenly you see uh, Charlie Chaplin getting kicked off the, the garbage box, you know, <laughs> and he's yelling, you know, and you see the people uh, from the hotel, the detective, the private, going and beating him. No. While you have this girl coming with a tutu like a ballet dancer and this old woman uh, looking like a, a, a bum, like a ladybug, you know, yeah. yelling at the people about the, the, the it's getting... Um, um, uh, cold and they, they cannot, uh, nobody's looking at her, they are giving a shit, you know and while she's saying this, the, the tutu one, she's playing the the trumpet, you know <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, I mean, they say people the, the show for everyone was like an hour and a half, wow. but they felt like they are there 15 days, because when they go after, the and there is another guy coming, like a black guy dressed as a boxer with a with a, um, a chicken um, um, tied to his knee, boxing the air, saying how, how the racism uh, went uh, on him and how he's kept uh, like a, uh, an animal in the corner, you know. Yeah. So the show was really, um, and showing, talking about Kafka, you know, and yeah. the, all uh, uh, this life work he did went through this show of an hour and a half. And another hundred would come again. And the ones that would go, they would go by the basements. And in the basements, people with dogs were, were there. And you could see uh, wooden doors with numbers written on it, like the, the concentration yeah, yeah, camp yeah. Num numbers, you know. So this show was like a... <laughs> 
yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. like truly interactive. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Completely. Unlike. Yeah, yeah. Most things that sounds like way ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. Completely. It was in '76 or something. You know, '75. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God, that's fucking great stuff. And he, he did, he did other shows like you know, a Weekend Ayaik, a poem from Essenin. Yeah. The people would uh, take their ticket again, but they would get a, um, like a travel ticket from the uh, Theater National of Strasbourg, became Travel National Service, <laughs> <laughs> and then they would go in a bus and tour Strasbourg mm. by the worst places and arrive. Uh, um, to a place where there was a uh, iron window, an uh, iron curtain yeah. that would take this time to open, and the buses would vomit the, the 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 audience with their travel national service ticket, and they would arrive in in Russia, you know, in the Soviet Union, yeah. received but a lot of cameras, people being nice, and while they were in the bus, you had this girl hostess showing uh, how it's it's beautiful, how people are well treated, you know. They were showing the tip of the iceberg, obviously, yeah, yeah. You know? and so they would enter the the, the place. And uh, would go. There was would be like a retreat, retreat place, like a, um, a family model, you know. And but slowly inside, everyone could start that <laughs> the truth um, uh, uh, sweating yeah. from from uh, those situations. And suddenly there is this guy yelling the poem of Essenin, you know. And then the police came and beat him you know and so you go through all this oh almost live you know God. it was really uh, special it's so like, so like that is such a special experience like obviously for years for like, an actor like, where do you go from yeah, there yeah 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 exactly and it teaches you what it means uh, also uh, in a way you know that um, yes acting and art is also um, a way to to learn or uh, question or um, but I think it's so good to question things. Yes, yes. We think we should question yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, People yeah. take things at face value too much. Mm, no, I don't. Yes. And even even as an actor, I think we should always question. Mm, yeah. So what was after that, Jackie? When well, did... Because well, that experience with theatre now seems to be at such a high point in your life. Yeah. When was it was it a conscious effort for you to move into film at any <clears> point? <throat> no, it came it came naturally. It came na how did it come? I never thought about being in films. I was going to say cuz it doesn't sound like you did at no, all. Never. I mean the the passion yeah, yeah. for theater yeah, yeah, there yeah. is very very strong. Yeah, I never thought of it. It's just slowly, you know, I came back to Paris. I didn't know if I would be able to 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 do this as a professional suddenly you know and then I, I had the chance to have a one of the actor from the company who was uh, on the national theater talked about me to a director who was about to do uh, a show in Avignon this festival right and uh, I met him he hired me and from there on I was in this Jeune Théâtre National, JTN, Young National Theatre. They would take people from this conservatory in Strasbourg and the one in Paris. And we were the, the young people uh, being hired. For I was hired for a few shows by them. And eventually I started to be called by uh, other directors and uh, would work with great people until I... Uh, did a show uh, with uh, Hans-Peter Klaus at the time from uh, an, a writer called Herbert Artenbusch, uh, who, is a, who is a Bavarian writer who wrote an amazing play called Susan, where he talks about... He was always writing about Susan. Susan, you know, <laughs> became a, a generic uh, woman. Right. And Susan, in that show, it was him, the writer... He was shown as, um, like, almost as a wild uh, uh, mil military uh, lost in uh, in the jungle, you know, always with his uh, type machine yeah. working like it would be a 
machine, weapon, gun. machine gun. <laughs> and there was monologues of uh, Susan at five state of her age. Right. It started when she was like fifteen, uh, you know, where when suddenly men would start to come at her, and she would express um, her feelings uh, the way uh, at the same time her desire that was um, shaking inside, yeah. but also the the way the men were sometimes really gross, you know, and uh, expressing all that. And then she would be 27. She would be alone looking at herself naked in the mirror, uh, 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 wanting to find a, a man, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, then she finds eventually this guy. And uh, they are together. They, they, they love each other. But, you know, the guy is with the, the machine. And slowly the woman starts to get angry, saying, if you don't uh, uh, realize that I'm here, that you... You, you stop forgetting that we are together. You know, I'm going to go away and fuck with the first one on the corner here. And uh, they they fight. And then eventually they're still together, but she becomes an alcoholic, oh, you know. And, 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 and every time they have a monologue, you know. Yeah. And um, the last one stops talking, you know, <laughs> and just kill herself. <laughs> and he's there fighting with himself, yeah. feeling uh, he's against the wall. You know, and that uh, he has to write all that at the same time. You yeah. know, so it brings a very interesting uh, way to talk about sometimes the relationships and the between uh, between uh, men and women, and also about men also and uh, their um, involvement, investment uh, in mm. with their body mm. in life also. Did you, what did your parents think at this point? Did they come and see you in the theatre? No, my what? mother came once, but they were really, uh, they were really from another generation, and they were not, they were bright people, mm. but you know there was no real culture, and uh, and it was another generation also. You know, I did a show from Bertolt Brecht uh, about a guy who's lost in the desert. And there is the guide is lost also, and the the, the guy in the desert is a is an ex exploitant, is a merchant, right? A lot of money, and the guide is holding, carrying mm. things on his back, you know, and all the the whole show carrying things on his back. And the guy, the paranoia of this guy goes growing while they try to find their way in this desert, and the guide is lost also, but he. He gets suddenly fed up by the by the this guy who puts on him like he starts to think, yeah, you're trying to to make me lose my way. You want to take my money? He says, what the fuck? I'm going to do with your money if I'm going to die here with you with your shit on my back, you know? And the, the more and more he gets crazy, the guy, and eventually he takes a gun and kills him. And but he on the show we did it in a way that uh, it was like a. He gets one. Yeah. He gets another one. He gets another one, the, the, the guide, until he's on the floor. This was the only show my mother came to see. <laughs> oh, and God. when she sees me like that, I could hear... Oh, <laughs> I could hear, oh, no! No! <laughs> In the room, I could hear my mother, no! No, you know, because for her, it was like, no, no, I cannot see that image of my son being killed. Yeah. But also because she came from uh, a time where this happened for real, mm. you know, it was not just on stage. And she was so much into, into the show looking at what we were doing that suddenly for her it was unbearable. Yeah, of course. So talking about my parents coming <laughs> to see me <laughs> on theater, you know. <laughs> Do you know when you're filming... Because you've got such great stories and the passion is very clear for your theatre and you feel creatively fulfilled doing theatre. I can, I can just tell. Do you, do you get that from filming as well? Yes. You do? Yeah. I'm lucky I got great parts, you know. Mm. I got great parts. I remember playing Nostradamus, uh, produced by uh, an English uh, man called Ed Simon and uh, David... Um, 
directed by Roger Christian. I was lucky to to be surrounded by uh, uh, Rutger Hauer, uh, Amanda Plummer. Uh, um, um, I'm trying to remember the. Um, the oh shit! I, I had the name. The English actresses uh, uh, at the time. I have to look to tell you because this is important. Um, and was this in the Nostradamus? Yeah, the yeah. Nostradamus. Yeah. Um, uh, so this was a great part to uh, to to, uh, to to play, and also the 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 the, the passion uh, the people producing and directing had. Um, Diana uh, Wick, I think. Uh, Diana Quick, yeah. Diana Quick. Yeah, Michael right. Michael Byrne, Amanda Plummer, uh, Rudger Hauer, Bruce Alexander, Bruce Myers, Leon Lisek, Leon Lisek, Anthony Higgins, you know, Julia Ormond, those guys wow. on Apelea. Magdalena. What year was this? Chucky. This was in um, the the nineties, right? You know? So you know to act this, to play this character, be surrounded by those people. Uh, Murray Abraham also was in it. Oh, was he? Yeah. Wow. So you see, suddenly, and and was one of the first English language uh, um, movie I was doing, pl- uh, working with a great coach, uh, um, Andrew Jack. You know, Andrew Jack, fantastic. Yeah. Really, he was really good at uh, helping me to to improve in English. At this time, the first one I really worked with. <clears throat> so you know, when you play this kind of character, the, I didn't miss theater really. No. I mean, as an actor, what I missed is to work on the form, to work on the you know because there is different way to act, mm. and we've been learning this also. You can be expressionist, you can be uh, completely uh, minimal, minimal in turn, in turn yeah. and you you know you can do. Uh, all different ways uh, of acting. This I, I missed a little bit. But that's why sometimes when I started doing movies, people would, would feel weird with me because suddenly I would say, you know, why don't I come when we are in that scene? If I'm sitting here, somebody is there. Why, why do you come like that with the camera? Why don't I come from under the frame <laughs> and, and, and enter the frame under instead of, you know, like changing yeah. the point of view, the way you enter and they looked at me like I'm crazy, you know. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is talking about? But then sometimes I would see some directors w- wouldn't be afraid to do that. Suddenly, yeah. you know, like one could put the camera there, then a scene would go in front, and somebody would be allowed to to play and go around the camera and come back on the other side to to talk. You know, why not? You yeah. know, it's a it, it brings a, it, it puts the the eyes of the the audience in a different perspective and makes them suddenly surprised and uh, attracted by uh, by what they are looking at. Yeah, you know? of course. So, yeah. Otherwise, if it's constantly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Same shot. Yeah. It's. But yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And are you still creatively fulfilled now? You know, when I meet those guys, I'm so happy to do the Baptist, uh, 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 I mean, the missing Baptist to mm. meet those guys. Because I, 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 I'm really hoping that uh, now I, I prefer to just wait and uh, think to nurture the, the, the release of, uh, of that season, you know. But if we stop there, it's fine. You yeah. know, I will continue. I hope I can work with them on other projects. But um, what I, I dream is that if it works, that we will get more freedom, you know, and then be able maybe to try something different yeah. uh, with, the, with the direction and the way to shoot. You know, I don't know, to try something. Today, we were talking with a physicist who they said, but why... Uh, uh, he, he came up with uh, new things about the way we 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 um, uh, think about time. What does it mean time for us? And but what does it mean on the bigger picture? You know, really, what does it mean time? And um, they were saying, but how did you come up to to think about all this? He said, just because you know, if you really want to find something new, you have to be uh, sometimes to break the boundaries. You have to walk on the side of the road. You know, you have to. Yeah, keeping 
the 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 savoir vivre you know keeping uh, it doesn't mean to break everything and shit on the, on the walls you know no, no but it, it means to to be able to put sometimes to change the the angle the perspectives the way you look at things you know you know yeah and to challenge so, yeah to challenge. challenge it so that's that's my hope you know and uh, that's how i i i uh, keep uh, um, not being uh, bored with what i'm doing you know do you ever get bored never <laughs> Jackie, it's Can been be. extraordinary meeting you. Thank and you I've very much really... for uh, your opening and the 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 uh, bringing the, no. the, the 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 snakes out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's been brilliant. Thank you so much, man. I Thank really you. loved it. And another episode is done and i don't think it gets much better than that i mean what a fella my god the story i mean at first i'm not sure he knew what he was getting into with the podcast because we really went into it and then the stories just poured and the passion and i mean if you'd have been there you'd have seen he's very i sometimes i think I talk a lot with my hands and I'm sort of deeply passionate getting into it with the guests. But he kind of outdone me. He was so animated and when we were regressing and we were talking about his youth and the theatre stories, when we were talking about all the stuff with Kafka and the immersive experience with the audience, oh, my God. You could see it in his eyes that it was he was there, he was right there. His descriptions were jaw-dropping. I mean, bloody hell. I was, when I was thinking about it the next day, I was going, oh, what I would really want to do is spend more time with him. I'd love to go just walking around Paris with him and just talk for hours. That would be my idea of heaven. What a man. I really hope you got so much out of that. Um when he was talking about his dad's inspiration and his dad saying, you know, remember about the simplicity of just sitting on a bench with a piece of bread and some cheese. Sometimes, you know, you think about it and the simplicity of life is best. Beautiful, beautiful. I am thrilled that Czech came on. Um... Yeah, I don't have much more to say. What can I say? There's nothing more to say. What an episode. What a man. What a true, true artist. Um, Thank you so much for listening to that. I really, really hope you got some out of it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You can hear I'm gobsmacked. It was great. So I'm going to go. You carry on with your day. Enjoy yourself. Take care. Look after yourself and um, go get inspired. Until next week, this has been the Two Shot Podcast and I've been Craig Parkinson and he's been producer Griff. You take care. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. Cheers.